Coming up on today's Locked On Senators, it's game day. The Sens are starting their most difficult back-to-back of the season in Pittsburgh tonight and then in Boston tomorrow. And likely, Ross, a goalie will get his first NHL start. Will it be tonight or tomorrow up against Boston? We'll discuss all that. Plus, Tyler Clevenwatch has officially begun. The Nodak Sens have been eliminated. That highlights a look around the world of Sens prospects. Today's episode is brought to you by Farm to Fork. Visit farm2forkdelivery.ca and taste the farm to fork difference. You will never go back to grocery store meats. This is the Locked On Senators podcast. It's your team every day. Your Locked On Senators, your daily podcast on the Ottawa Senators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm Jake Sanderson, and you're listening to Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Tim Stützle, and you're listening to the Locked On Senators Podcast. And welcome to episode 759 of the Locked On Senators Podcast. I'm Ross Levitan on the outskirts of enemy territory in Winnipeg, Manitoba, alongside Brandon Piller up in the Blue Mountains. Today is Monday, March 20th in Pilsey. Could we see a sixth goalie make an NHL start for the Sens this year? Ross, it is very likely we will see a sixth goalie start for the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, we're not math guys, but hopefully we added that up right. Um, The sum is a lot. (laughs) Yeah, a lot is the real number we're looking at here. Too many. And his name is Dylan Ferguson. Dylan Ferguson. He comes in and Ross... He's been a bit of a savior for the Belleville Senators. And I like that obviously sounds like a hyperbole, but he has had great numbers with Belleville in six games. He has a five and one record with a 935 save percentage and a goals against average of two, right even at two. So I don't know. If I'm the Ottawa Senators, like having Mando and Mads, like you have confidence in what they can do, but it's been tough sledding for them, no fault of their own. So you just got to try to bring in some new magic. And I don't hate this move, but also when you talk about being a lot of pressure for Mads, a lot of pressure for Mando, Dylan Ferguson, no pressure, kid. We just need you to come in and have your first NHL start after you've just joined the organization a couple weeks ago. And uh, yeah, we need you to win some games here. So you know what? I'm just excited that this is another fun story. If you would have told me at the start of the season that the Sens are hanging on to a wild card spot and that Dylan Ferguson would be the guy that's going to come in and play a road game up against Pittsburgh or Boston, I probably wouldn't have co-signed off on that. But here we are, Ross. Here we are. Ironically, remember I asked Pierre Dorian who would play goalie in an emergency situation between Zach Burke, (laughs) Gord Wilson, and Pierre Dorian? I guess none of the three of those guys wanted to put on the pads because they could have used it. All jokes aside... Dylan Ferguson, 24 years old, and does have nine minutes of NHL experience. He was put into a very tough position. Hey, does that sound familiar? With the Vegas Golden Knights in his draft plus one year, he was still playing in his home of BC with the Kamloops Blazers in the WHL after being a seventh-round pick in that 2017 draft. And he ended up playing because Maxime Lagasse was on their last goalie available. They had Oscar Dance, a few other guys, all injured. So he got 18 days of NHL experience, and he got into an 8-2 loss where he let in one goal on two shots. But again, that was many, many years ago. Yeah, that was so crazy. long ago. That was in Vegas' first ever season, <laughs> right? Yeah, it was a gong show for Vegas. And, I mean, they, they ended up having a spectacular year that year somehow. I guess he wouldn't have gotten his name on the cup if, if they had prevailed over Washington. <laughs> but he would have been a part of the journey. And he's also a part of the journey of a friend of our show, Mark Mathot. We know Mark was drafted or into the expansion to, to Vegas and then ultimately traded to Dallas. Get this. The trade was Mark Mathot for a second-round pick and Dylan Ferguson. You know who that second-round pick was? That Dallas second-round pick from Dallas – to Vegas. Sorry, yes, from Dallas to Vegas. No, I don't. Another friend of the show. I don't have it. I don't have it. 
Igor Sokolov. Oh, true. Okay. Hell yeah. Wow. The second, the second round pick that came to Ottawa with Eric Brandstrom in the Mark Stone trade. So that just shows you uh, yep. one degree of separation, let's say, between all things NHL. Maybe we'll have That's to get hilarious. a scouting report on Dylan Ferguson for Mark Mathot. I mean, you got to know who you're traded for, right? Uh, <laughs> again, but Dylan Ferguson, we'll see what he can do here. Great numbers, as you alluded to, with Belleville this year. And uh, it's either him or Mad Sogard. I guess the news, we're kind of going right into it. Uh, the Sens decided to send down Kevin Mandelazy, and they've called up Dylan Ferguson, who's been sparkling solid against uh, all competition in the AHL, but specifically was great against Cleveland on Friday night. At the end of the show, we'll touch on, well, Roby Arventi in particular, Ooh. but Sens prospects lighting it up in multiple leagues, and one man is going to the NCAA tournament, and another is awaiting his destiny, whether he's going to sign in Ottawa, sign an ATO in Belleville, or anything else. But, Pilsy, this is not a fun rink to play in for the Ottawa Senators in Pittsburgh tonight. No success, whether it's playoffs or regular season. They got that one game one victory. I can still remember it like it was yesterday. Bobby Ryan flying down the right wing. Oli Mata with cement blocks in his skates. Just couldn't catch up. Bobby goes backhand upstairs over Marc-Andre Fleury, no chance. And, um, well, that's the only win that Ottawa's gotten in Pittsburgh in about seven years. Yeah, it's tough, Ross. I'm just seeing, do we have that Bobby Ryan picture? I thought we had it loaded up, but maybe uh, we've moved on from that one. But, Ross, do you want the stats about the Pittsburgh Penguins? Not really, but I think the good people, the good listener needs them. Okay. Expectations are crucial. So, of course the Pittsburgh Penguins in their game preview. And I don't blame them. If the Ottawa had these numbers up against Pittsburgh, I'm blasting these off every single time they play. Here we go. Pittsburgh enters tonight's game with points in 12 of its last 14 games versus Ottawa, 9-2-3 record, dating back to March 23rd, 2017. Going back further, Ross. They're not done. They got How much more. further? How much further? Going back further, the Penguins have points in 24 of their last 28 games against the Senators, 19-4-5 record, dating back to January 27, 2013. These, these guys are flexing 10 years worth of stats up against the Ottawa Senators. And Ross, it gets worse. I'm not even done, sadly. Here at home, Pittsburgh has won 11 consecutive games against the senators and have points in four yes yes and have points in 14 straight versus them a 13-0-1 record dating back to February 13th 2013 so in the last 10 years the Ottawa Senators are 1 and 13 up against the Pittsburgh Penguins yikes that was lockout year too so that was like right after the last collective bargaining agreement was signed. It was the last time Ottawa got a regulation win against Pittsburgh. That's that, those stats are tough. I need a minute to just kind of sit on those. We'll get into. Oh, our- Ross, that's a, sorry. That's not a regulation win. Just just to be clear, oh. that was in overtime or shootout. Yikes! <laughs> Big yikes! Uh, it's definitely a house of horrors. Almost feels like it's Carolina. We did this yesterday or on yeah. on the postcast. We're doing this too often, Ross. But yes. If you want to learn more about the Leafs-Sens game on Saturday night, shout out Brady Kachuk, 30th goal of the season. Shout out Tim Stutzla, 35th goal of the season. Shout out Claude Giroux, now 10 points away from 1,000 in his NHL career. Lots of great storylines to follow here, despite only two fingers on the Mufasa paw of Pilsy left, clinging on. on to yeah. their playoff lives. But hey, you want to if you want to maintain the dream, if you want to keep one eye closed and your, your eyes in your happy Gilmore happy place, if you want to get up there, if the Sens win tonight, they're five points back of Pittsburgh. This is the last kind of control your own destiny type game where it's like, this is the team that you're chasing right now. Are you going to come to play? Are you going to fold? Is history going to repeat itself? These are all important questions, and we'll have answers to that next on Locked On Senators when we get into our full game day preview. And as we mentioned, lots of prospect notes to get to as well. We'll do that in our next segment. We're listening to Locked On Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Athletic Greens. Guys, I just turned 30 a couple days ago, and my priority now is focusing on my health. And a great way to do that, Ross, is Athletic Greens. You want to know why? 
and PS5. Yeah, yeah, true. I've been stuck on my PS5 a little bit here. But staying healthy, getting my vitamins in while playing my PS5. Because <laughs> with Athletic Greens, it's simple. I can stay on the couch and still get 75 different vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and more. So I can start my day off right. It's just one scoop of AG1 in your cup of water every day. It's so simple. And that's going to support your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, aging, all these things AG1 can help you with. And it's lifestyle friendly. So whether you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it's all good for you. It contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, none of that, and it still tastes great. It's cheaper than your coffee habit, and don't just take my word for it. There's over 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in your cup of water. A simple guy like me can do it. So can you, I promise you. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. Once again, guys, that's athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance from Athletic Greens. Today's episode is also brought to you by Farm to Fork. They're the presenting sponsor of every Monday Locked on Senators, and we couldn't do it without our friends at Farm to Fork. Please go visit them at farm2forkdelivery.ca. That's the number two, farm2forkdelivery.ca. And because you're a listener of Locked on Senators, you are entitled to $40 off. $40 off your first purchase at Sends 40. It's a great local company that's been doing amazing things, building a brand and building almost a lifestyle in a sense, right? Because grocery prices are abnormally ridiculous right now and you don't need to worry about how long that grocery meat has just been sitting there all of the farm to fork meats are flash frozen after being hand cut right at the butcher's table this makes for meat that's much fresher than grocery stores products are individually vacuum wrapped so only take out what you need and then just add your your veggies that's all you need so it's free it's convenient you save on gas you save on time and you'll receive notifications right to your phone when your order is nearing your home they've got my favorite ribeyes pillsy loves the sirloin whether he grills it pan sears it that's the the taste of the day that's the the variety the spice of life but they're all specialty high-end steaks like wagyu tomahawks they're all available you can get poultry you can get sustainable seafood all of it is available at farm2forkdelivery.ca. Use our promo code SENDS40, $40 off your first purchase. Taste the farm-to-fork difference. You will never go back to grocery store meats. All right, Pillsy. It's game day for the Sens. We'll get into our full preview. Although both teams are being very, very sneaky with their starting goalies. Yeah, I mean, when there's tandems of Mad Sogard, Dylan Ferguson, and Tristan Yari and Casey DeSmith, you got to keep those a secret. The secret until warm-ups, which goes at 6.30 tonight. Game time is 7 o'clock, and we'll have the postcast right after the game on our YouTube channel. Please subscribe on YouTube. It really does help out uh, with the the visibility of the show, more subs, more views, and more content from Locked On Senators. Please leave a five-star review as well. It goes a long way to help the show. And I tweeted out yesterday at Send Central, this is the best time of year to be following the Locked On Podcast Network because what makes big games great is passionate fan reaction. And we have hosts doing that on every single team every single day. During the week, of course, we take it a step further with the postcast. So we'll see you there tonight after tonight's game. Pilsy and at Laleem's Martian will have you covered. Pilsy, should we start with the Nodak sends or should we start with the Nodak exodus of one Johnny Tyconic? Well, let's start with Tyconic. I mean, he's dead to me. Yeah, I mean, he was dead to us. For kind of a while, not going to lie. Um, we had fun with the Jacob Bernard, Johnny Tyconic uh, draft. They were going to be defense partners. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge for the Ottawa Senators in the future. They didn't even make it to being consistent partners in the college they were already attending. But 
<laughs> um, but it's just like that's just so funny. The Leafs love picking off Ottawa players. It's uh, it's really become a theme here. So if you don't know, Johnny Tyconic, uh, second round pick of the Ottawa Senators, mid 40s, I think 48th overall, um, has signed with the Toronto Marlies, a two year deal. So it's an AHL only deal. But of course, you think that that means the Leafs get first picking at him if they do end up liking him. His rights expired with the Senators last summer. And because of the COVID pause and uh, gave everyone an extra year of eligibility, this was his fifth season. So if you look at the numbers, you're like, man, he popped off. He had a good year. Well, yeah, he's 23 playing against like, – that's Van Wilder. That's like yeah. you and me going to a high school basketball tournament and saying, give me the ball. I'm going to go dunk on these fools. I I wouldn't be that good. I'm a, I'm a notorious double dribbler in uh, basketball. How about middle school? Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, That's me, Adam Sandler, playing dodgeball with the kids in Billy Madison. That's what that would look like. That's exactly what it would look like. But, <laughs> hey, credit to him. Get your paper. Make your money. All good. But uh, the only positive I'll say about Johnny Tyconic's time in Ottawa is he gave one of the best post-draft interviews ever. They asked him what type of defenseman he is. He said, I'm an outgoing defenseman, as uh, Sense Prospects reminded me of this morning. Yeah, that was funny because it, it was like the yin and yang. Bernard Docker was so shy and reserved. And it was like, yeah, I'm going to play a defensive smart game. And Tyconic's like, I'm outgoing. And uh, he, Tyconic, uh, especially last year uh, in college, Ross, he had the green light when it came to shooting from the point. He was going off whenever he could. So you know what? Good good for Johnny Tyconic keeping, uh, keeping things going here. But yeah. Dead. See ya. Dead to us here. Yeah. But Fade yo- on sight. You know who's alive is the guy who took Johnny Tyconic's minutes at UND and forced him to transfer to Omaha, and that's Tyler Clevin. How unfortunate for North Dakota. They lose on Friday, but like two of Clevin's three seasons with North Dakota, they go out in dramatic fashion in overtime. You'll remember the five-overtime game when that team was so loaded up front, in goal, on defense. And then this year they lose in overtime on an offside review that they try to challenge and it's good. So Clevin's season comes to an end and all indications point he will turn pro. I think the only question that remains is if he's willing to sign an amateur tryout for the rest of this season and play in Belleville or if his representatives and it seems like Newport is going to be that and They've got quite a an up-and-down relationship with Ottawa because they were the agents for Chris Weidman, for Eric Carlson, for Mark Stone, but also for Josh Norris and Brady Kachuk, guys who have signed long-term recently with the team. So, I mean, they just want to do what's best for their client. And I think in all situations, we see when they have leverage, they want their, their client to burn that first year and be able to sign their next contract, get to free agency earlier, all that stuff. I wouldn't mind it with Clevin because I see it from a different angle. I get that you get to free agency quicker, but you also have one last year to prove that you're worth more for your second contract. So I don't see it as as a bad thing either way. If and when the two fingers slide off, I would like to see him get five or six NHL games. But I think next year, much like we saw with Bernard Docker, where you come up, you play in the NHL, like we've seen with Christian Willan and other guys in the past coming out of college, all North Dakota, but... You finish the year in the NHL, and then next year I expect him to play. I think people are getting a little too excited putting him in a top six NHL role for next year. I think he'll be in Belleville next year. I think that would be best for him. And that's like, I think sometimes fans are like, oh man, if he's not cracking the NHL lineup, like uh, it's a waste or he's got to get here. Like, no, it takes time. And he's the kind of player that I think it's important, much like Ridley Gregg Ross, I think it's important for them to have a transition from the younger competition levels they were at to pro hockey, just to get an adjustment of, those are two physical guys, Greg and Clevin. Clevin, obviously more physical, but you need to have that adjustment of, okay, yeah, you were dummying college kids and players in junior. Now do that up against the 32 father of three that's uh, playing hockey to support his family and fighting like every game is going to be his last. Like, It's just a big difference, physicality and the pace of play, the structure. Everything is so different that making that jump as a defenseman from college to the NHL, I think, is a lot to ask of a guy. So I wouldn't mind seeing Clevin play some uh, some decent time down in Belleville before he gets his NHL chance. So funny, the parallels here. Johnny Tyconic was 48th overall. Tyler Clevin was drafted 44th overall, both from North Dakota. Like at the time going there, obviously Tyconic transferred out, but Clevin is four years younger 
than Ty Connick. Ty Connick's a 98 wow. earth year. Clevin's 02. Just to give you kind of yeah. uh, an example of just how different the situations are, but really excited to see what's next for Clevin. Messages, I messaged his old man. I said, first round's on us in Ottawa, trying to, you know, put get the little last push here over the hill. But uh, great family, got to meet them at uh, North Dakota a couple times, and uh, I, I'm excited because he brings an element on the Sens defense that I don't think they've had since Dion Phaneuf, where you need, or maybe Boro. I got to give credit. Boro was that guy as well. And uh, I say those two because they were here longer than Mark thought. Meth will join us later. But like that type of keep your head up and you have to know where this guy is at all times. Like the Sens have some physical D to an extent, like Travis Hamnick, I guess. Artem Zub had that big hit okay. against Alex Kerfoot, sit him down right in front of the Leafs bench on Saturday night. But uh, they haven't had that like that killer on the back end. So I'm excited for the future of Tyler Clevin. Also excited for the future. Zach Stapchuk is just racking up numbers now with the ice. Took him a little while to get acclimated as you'd expect. Right. Yep. But Pilsy, this guy is, has just reached an entirely new level. Only three games now left in the regular season. And then they get into playoffs. He's got 19 goals and 34 points in 31 games since being traded to Winnipeg. He's up to 29 goals in 52 games on the season. Yeah, it's been pretty impressive what he's been able to do, Ross, and including in that stretch, he's got six goals in his last five games, and I'm watching the highlight on Sen's prospect right now, like that's just a beauty top shelf glove hand side shot from him, and uh, it's nice that he's now a part of a Winnipeg Ice team where he doesn't have to put the team on his shoulders like he did with the Vancouver Giants, captain of that team, and he was an absolute stud in the playoffs for them last year, pretty much single-handedly carrying them through series. 23 points in 12 playoff games last year. (laughs) That's insane. So now that he doesn't have to be the guy, I think he's going to really thrive here. Not that he wasn't thriving before, that's not what I'm saying at all, but I I think he's going to really be comfortable in that role. And yeah, this Winnipeg Ice team, my goodness, what what a wagon. And thank God uh, the Regina Pats got a few extra wins because there was a chance that even though they finished first in their conference, they would have had to play the Pats and Connor Bedard in the first round. But uh, Bedard's finished sixth with the Pats in that. So it'll be Medicine Hat against Winnipeg in all likelihood in the first round of the playoffs. And they still have a little bit to play for, though. They're four points up right now, but Seattle has a game in hand for the best record in the WHL. All right, enough of that. Lastly, before we move on, we had our two... Uh, it's all second round picks we're talking about today. Roby Yarventi has now scored in five straight games. Is this like the most peculiar success story of the year that since moving to center, Roby Yarventi at center is putting up numbers. And that shocked me, honestly. Like at first, it never even occurred to me to try him at center, Ross, let alone have him move there and thrive. So that's a very industry, sorry, interesting development there. And this is at a time where they needed someone to step up. Like uh, Crookshank's been potting in goals uh, all season, over 20. I think he's at like 23 now. And look, Igor's been playing really well, but he's trying to round out his game. He's not just a heavy shot anymore. So his goal scoring has gone down a bit while the rest of his game has really improved. So they need someone with a good shot, a good release like that, like Roby Arventi to pop off. And that's what he's been doing. It's awesome to see. So hopefully we can continue that. We're hoping to chat with Mando later this week, get his uh, tale of his time in the NHL and what his goals are down the stretch with Belleville. I also feel like we're overdue to get footy back on the show. Yes, David Foote, get a chat with him because Belleville, they split the weekend series. And again, they're just trying to grind it out here and sneak into that fourth wildcard spot or sorry, fourth spot in their division. Uh, some games in hand that the other teams have. But Rochester, uh, yeah. Meaningful games, buddy. Meaningful games. If I had to sum up this season, that's probably what it has to be. But then you have to win those meaningful games. I would say tonight's still a meaningful game for the Ottawa Senators. On the other side, we'll discuss some locked-on players, some keys to victory, and more. You're listening to Locked On Senators. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. I talked in the previous ad read about staying healthy. Well, how about staying healthy while enjoying delicious candy bars? It's Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. That's why I love Built Bar, Ross. They figure out how to make their bars healthy with amazing flavors like chocolate chip cookie dough, brownie, coconut almond, churro, um, raspberry, strawberry. They have so many fun flavors at Built.com. You got to try them out. And the best thing 
is their Built Puffs. Ross and I are obsessed with the Built Puffs because it is a chocolate bar that's wrapped around marshmallow, but protein-infused marshmallow. And yeah, as our friend, if you're watching on YouTube, Fred points out, 48 Built Bars for 50 bucks USD. That's an absolute steal. He used our promo code, Ross, locked on 15 to get 15% off at Built.com. And you better run there right now. Don't walk, run, because Built has a, a promo going on, buy one, get one free. That's where he was able to get 24 for 60. And then you add on locked on 15, you save an extra $9. I mean, this is the steal of the century right here. Absolutely. And that's the right play for Fred there going with uh, getting a bunch of different flavors because Built Bar has so many good flavors. They're low in calorie, low in sugar, yet they're high in fiber and high in protein. So head to Built.com just like Fred. Use our promo code LOCKEDON15 to get 15% off your next order. It's Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Today's episode is also brought to you by Shawarma Palace. You know I love Shawarma Palace. I want to tell you about my friends there. and They treat everyone like a royal who walks through the door at Shawarma Palace. If you missed the last giveaway, they're helping out Sens fans with great seats to Sens games through our partnership with them. We love them. They're on for the whole year and more. This is a great partnership. Nobody else. If you had told 20-year-old Ross, 15-year-old Ross, 10-year-old Ross that he would be able to tell you all of you, how great Shawarma Palace is, I would have looked at you sideways, maybe even upside down. But one thing I always know is to hold my Shawarma upright because, man, it's delicious. You don't want anything falling out of that great wrap. Not the pickled turnips, not the extra garlic sauce, not the hummus, not the Shawarma meat. Everything that they do is amazing. So go check them out at Shawarma Palace. Lots of great locations. Their brand new store is open in the St. Laurent Shopping Center. You can find them on Bank Street, Rideau Street, Literally everywhere, even Orleans, they have a huge store in Orleans. So go check them out there. And if you're too lazy to get there, go to Uber Eats, the official supplier of Shawarma Palace. Go check them out. Shawarma Palace sends game days taste better with Shawarma Palace. All right, Pilsy, sends game day in Pittsburgh. I want to start this out with some good vibes. Good vibes and a great stat. Ooh, okay. Tim Stutzla with 35 goals on the season. Timmy. Since turning 21, Tim Stutzla is third in the National Hockey League in points. We're not talking about a five-game sample size here. We're talking about a 27-game sample size where only Connor McDavid ever heard, heard of him. him. Yeah, heard of him. Nathan McKinnon? Yep, know that guy. Yeah, those are the only two players in the National Hockey League with more points <sighs> than Tim Stutzla in the last two months and five days. Ross, I didn't hear Sidney Crosby's name on that list. No, that's because he's not there. The, the only guy tied with Tim Stutzla is a guy by the name of Matthew Kachuk, and he's doing some great things down in uh, in Florida. There's no question about that. You got to scroll a little bit all the way down to 11th. Imagine being 11th on that list. Right, <laughs> <laughs> right between Elias Pettersson and David Pasternak and Artemi Panarin. Can't, can't be me. Lame. Can't be my favorite superstar. <laughs> the only thing is Evgeny Malkin's right there with 33 points in 27 games. Crosby with 35 and 27. But Tim Stutzla has 39 points. In his last 27 games, he has eight multi-point games this oh. season as well. Or sorry, during that stretch, during the last 27 games, that's only two points, I should say, because then he has three three-point games and two four-point games as well. It's, it's really ridiculous what Tim Stutzel is doing. And you know what? This Pittsburgh thing, how I'm bringing it in to the good vibes sure. going into tonight. Remember last season, he couldn't score a goal to save his life at the start of the season? Yeah, it was tough. His first goal of the season? Was against Pittsburgh. <laughs> That's how we do it. In a win. They beat the Pittsburgh Penguins. Now the game was in Ottawa, but that was a 6-3 victory for the Ottawa Senators. So, deep breath. We can hope that Casey dismissed it net again because he was the goalie in net for that one, allowed 5 on 23. But Ottawa's already beat Pittsburgh this year. They scored five even-strength goals against Pittsburgh to get the overtime win. Yeah. Brady Kachuk had some captain shit in that game. Yeah, that was that one uh, win in their last 14 games up against uh, the... Or wait, no, because oh, that was in Ottawa, right? 
yeah, but that was an overtime win. So maybe they meant regulation win. I don't know. There's so many different ways that I think the Pittsburgh Penguins kind of maneuvered. They used some silly putty and maneuvered that stat because obviously you have to say regular season because of the Bobby Ryan game, game one of the conference finals, 2017. And then you have to say regulation because Ottawa beat Pittsburgh in overtime this year as well. Yeah, so that's... uh, And that was in Pittsburgh, wasn't it? Because they lost the game in Ottawa, the first one. Or no, they won that one. They lost the second one in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all jumbled up now, to be honest. No, no, I got it right here. It was back-to-back games. They won 5-4 in overtime in Ottawa and then lost 4-1 in Pittsburgh in a game that was never close. Pittsburgh scored two goals in 55 seconds in the oh. first period. It was 3 nothing before you knew it. Then Brady Kachuk scored to make it 3-1, and then they score in the third period. Away she goes. Yikes. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, can I assume you're... Oh, go ahead. One story about that game. Remember uh, Mathieu Joseph and Pierre-Olivier Joseph got high-sticking penalties against each other on the same play? Yeah, just just brothers. Boys will be boys. The parents are just like, what are we doing here, guys? Come on. Come on, Mathieu and Pierre-Olivier. Come on. Yes, yes, no doubt. You want to start with the Penguins lines or the Sens? Let's start Penguins. Let's start Penguins. You want to go Penguins? All right. Let's go with the Pittsburgh Penguins, who we expect. No, we have no clue because both coaches are trying to trying to hide their starting goalie. We have no clue. Yeah, unfortunately, we have no clue. But here we go. We got Jake Gensel with Sidney Crosby and not the K-word. I'm not even going to say his name. Redacted. Not even going to say the K-word. He is not on the Pittsburgh Penguins anymore. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Raquel, yeah, we had we have a history of beeping out that word in the past. Yes. Uh, we're, it's a family show, Ross. Come on. It is. Uh, yeah. So Gensel, Crosby, Raquel, Zucker, Malkin, and Rust. Pretty decent top six. Yep. The bottom six, though, is in shambles in Pittsburgh. O'Connor, deadline pickup, Granland, and Nylander. No, not William Lee Nylander. Alex Nylander. Funny to see him kind of making his way back up here. Um, paling with Jeff Carter on the fourth line and Archibald rounding it out. I thought you were going to say Jeff Carter on the 18th hole because he's he's coming to the end of his career. Yeah, well, he's going to get a 19th hole, Ross. He's signed for one more season here. And yes. Pittsburgh doesn't really know what to do with him, it seems like, from uh, just what I've been researching. And now this decor has a bunch of injuries. They are down tough. Joseph, we just talked about him with Crystal Tang. And then the 2017 special, Brian Dumoulin and Ruedel. Then finally, we've got Friedman and Mark, just called call up. Me. Hey, Mark, don't call me Elliot Friedman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, and just called up today, Taylor Fadoon as Pedersen is going to be out for a decent amount of time here. So they had to make an emergency call up. And then the goalies, who knows? Tristan Yari, Casey Smith, I don't know. They are on a three-game losing streak. Sidney Crosby's leading the way with 83 points in 69 games. They're 5-4-1 in their last 10. 34-25-10 record. I hate these overtime losses just piling up for teams. Great separation. They have twice as many overtime losses as the Ottawa Senators this season who have five. So I don't love that. But who are you looking out for on this squad? I was going to look out for Tristan Yari just because there's some interesting stats on him. But, Ross, I think... Every everyone that's listened to the show for a while knows that as soon as I start talking about an opposing goalie, he doesn't start that night. So maybe I'm just going to steer clear of that one. Um, I'm going to go with Mikel Granlund on this one. When the, when the Pittsburgh Penguins made this move, I personally thought it was a decent move. I have him in fantasy. He's having a good year with Nashville before he got moved. Um, and he's got to be a guy that gets that bottom six going for them. Like they they actually picked up. Three players, Granlin, Benino, and uh, Kulikov during the trade deadline. And Benino and Kulikov are injured right now. So Granlin's the only one actually playing here for them. And he's got to get that bottom six going. So I'm nervous that um, he's someone that could pop off up against the Sens here. You know who always makes me nervous playing the Sens? Oh, man. Jake Gensel. And I oh, know okay. Sid, Sid's got a big part of this too, but Jake Gensel has 10 goals in 12 career games against Ottawa, 15 points in 12 games. It just feels like he always comes in with big goals. He had two goals in the Penguins 4-1 win the last time these yep. two teams met in Pittsburgh. He has come into his own as a player. Like you thought of him as one of those like, oh man, you know, they always find these random guys to go on Sidney Crosby's wing and they turn into all-stars. This guy's a legit two-time 40-goal scorer, and he's already at 30 this season, 62 points in 65 games. If you make him play in his own end, though, 
that's where you can get him kind of caught off. He's a pure offensive sniper. And I just, I always worry when he's carrying the puck up ice because he's got that like Mike Hoffman-esque shot where it's like all of a sudden it's off his stick and in the back of the net. So I'm going to be looking out for Jake Gensel. And again, a little stick tap to Sidney Crosby who dominates the Sens at all times. Really is the bane of my existence. I think he took that 2007 playoff loss personally that was Sidney Crosby's first ever playoff series and they were eliminated in five games by Ottawa but ever since then he has been a thorn in the side of the Senators and I expect no different tonight yeah I thought you were gonna go with Malkin there not gonna lie Ross because in my mind he's the ultimate sense killer I mean he's just so dominant so I didn't want to mention him because I feel like I always do that uh, you know what we got to ask? Can you remind me to ask Matt? And I want the good people to remind me when I put out the tweet, the mess coming on for sure. We always ask him about Sid chopping his finger off. That's that's tired. But you know what's wired? We got to ask him about if it was premeditated where he was pushing Sidney's arm, like pushing him into where the bench was. And Mike Hoffman squirted half of his Gatorade bottle. Fire hose. Yeah, the fire hose of that. We got to ask him to walk us through that play because that was all time comedy. If you haven't seen it, there's a gif of it. I'll post it later. Yeah, I was gonna say we got to post the gif because it's so funny. Because that's something that I feel like Sidney Crosby would lose sleep over, being like, "Man, my glove was all wet. My equipment was off." Like, and I mean, <laughs> deservedly so. Like, that's super annoying to have half a Gatorade bottle, half of one of these guys just down your glove, and you're soaking wet for the rest of the game. So. That's tough. I got it here, eh? Should we should we throw it up for the good people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. it's it's just a sneaky little move there that uh, if you're not paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> so on the right, watch Hoffman on the right. <laughs> that is so good. <laughs> Oh, yeah, yes, I definitely lost some sleep over that one. Uh, it would be a lot better, though, if it wasn't in the NHL because Sid can just go to the bench and be like, here, take these gloves, give me new ones. Like, If that's in a league where you only have one pair of gloves, like you're done for the game. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're down bad, that's for sure. That's uh, hilarious. Uh, let's get to the Ottawa Senators lines tonight. No changes. Well, there's a change since before last one. game. Yeah. But they changed this right at the start of the game against Toronto, and I'll get to it, but the top sticks remains intact. Tim Stutzla in between Brady Kachuk and Drake Batherson. Then Ridley Gregg is centering Alex DeBrinkett and Claude Giroux. The third line, this might have been Ottawa's best line against Toronto. Shane Pinto, Derek Broussard, and Julian Gauthier. The fourth line, Dylan Gambrell between Patrick Brown and Austin Watson. On defense, I gotta say, I'm a little surprised but impressed that DJ Smith has maintained Shabbat Brandstrom. They're still a pair. Then we have Chikrin Hamannick and Sanderson Zub. I honestly think you could list these one, two, three in any order and you wouldn't be wrong. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's really refreshing to have a decor where it's not obvious who the top pair is and who is just filling in positions on the roster. Now, the irony is, yeah, the decor looks good on paper, but this is yeah. also a team that's given up 35 goals in their last seven games, dude. Yeah, it's tough, it's tough to get away from that one, Ross. <laughs> 35 goals in their last seven games. Oh. Ooh, you say it out loud, but it doesn't feel real until you say it a second time, eh? Then it's, it sinks in. Yeah, it's... Like that, it, we've just been accustomed to five goal games, Ross. But when you start stacking them up and they start compounding, yeah, that is a detrimental stat if you're trying to win hockey games. Yes, it certainly is. Who's your locked on player tonight for the Ottawa Senators? I should mention as well, even though we talked about this off the top of the show, that it's either Dylan Ferguson or Matt Sogard in goal. Long injured list Norris, Joseph, Kelly, Talbot, Forsberg. The extras are Mark Kaslick and Nick Holden. My locked-on player, Ross, is going to be Alex Debrinkat. I mean, my God, we got to get something going here. Like, last... what's that? He tried. He scored. It just got called back. <laughs> yeah, that, that's just how Debrinkat's season is going here. In the last five games, he has one assist. He's a dash eight and fourteen shots, no goals. Like this guy's putting up shots. He had no shots in the Vancouver game. Three shots, four shots, six shots, and then one up against Toronto. Uh, 
uh, like if this team's going to have success, they need Alex Dabrinkit to start chipping in here when these when they're in meaningful games here. He's just disappeared, unfortunately. I mean, the only goal I can think about, Ross, which was in the Seattle goal, he banks it off a defenseman skating in. Like, you got we got to start getting something here because not only is he not scoring goals, Ross, but he's missing 10 out of 10 grade A opportunities, just missing the net completely. So uh, it's been so tough to kind of decide where we're at with Dabrinkit here, but he's not making it easier with uh, with these stats. No, he's not. Uh, it's it's frustrating because I know that he's going to be harder on himself than anyone. I was reading uh, Ian Mendez's article yep. this morning, and he's he just like, it can't be any worse right now. You wonder what he's thinking long-term, whether it's just a shooting thing. And he's gone through it before. He had that one year where he had 18 mm-hmm. goals, and it's like in between two 40-goal seasons. Yeah. It's, like, it's just strange, but that's hockey, man. It's uh, You need to get bounces, but you need to earn your bounces as well. And defensively, I think he's leaving a little bit to be desired as well. But my locked-on player tonight is going to be the guy on his other wing who I am hope is going to get him going. I think he was my locked-on player last time they played Pitt just because I love the the, the head-to-head comparable against Crosby. It's Claude Giroux for me, man. 10 points away from 1,000. He finally got his point on the game-tying goal with 11 seconds left against uh, against Toronto on the weekend. Otherwise, he was about to go four straight games without a goal. Rather, yeah, four straight games without a point, I meant to say. But he he's back now, got the assist there, played 21-05 in the game. In the dot, he's been so good, man. Like 59% again against Toronto. He's only had one game. How far back do I have to go? One game in his last nine that he was under 50%. So he is just snapping him back, and you need that with possession. And I find it interesting now that he's on a line with Ridley where it's like, uh, I guess probably the same as Timmy, where you don't want Ridley to take too many draws as well. But I I do want to see a little bit more from from Ridley. And, you know, he had that little stretch there, and I'm hoping that uh, that Claude can help him out here as uh, Ridley was dash one with uh, only 12 minutes played. So, I'm going to be curious to see how the ice time is allocated between centermen and and how much time Ridley's going to get in defensive situations, right? Because he can't hide against Pittsburgh with Malkin and Crosby. And they're on the road tonight. They won't have last change. Their three centers, dude, are 21, 20, and 22 years old. Crazy. Yeah, and then Dylan Gambrell rounding that out there. So. That's uh, it's going to be tough here up against the Pittsburgh Penguins as it always is. And I don't, I guess if I'm going key to victory, Ross is, I just want to see the Sens pepper them with shots. Like basically what they did up against the Leafs, uh, ironically, a former Pittsburgh Penguins goalie and Matt Murray, but Casey DeSmith and Tristan Yari have not had a good season here. Like it, it was, it's, it's one of those things where it's almost like the Edmonton Oilers when they just, kept deciding, you know what, we're going to run it back with Mike Smith and uh, Miko Koskinen. I know it didn't work last year. I know it didn't work the year after or before that, but it's going to work this year. Let's run it back. That's kind of what Pittsburgh is doing with Yari and DeSmith here. And the stat I wanted to throw out for Tristan Yari, if he was my lookout player, but I have no clue if he's starting, is he was pulled Saturday. uh, This is from Rob Rossi's article in The Athletic. He was pulled Saturday night for the fourth time in 11 starts. He's produced an 863 save percentage and a 4.17 goals against average in those starts. Now, if you're a Pittsburgh fan listening to this, hi. Uh, But also you're probably saying, well, how's Mad Sogard done in in that same sample size? Yeah, we can't really flex on him in that sense. But then you turn to Casey DeSmith, who this season, he's played 34 games, 312 goals against, 907 save percentage. And his last two games have been losses. Uh, I think he came in relief in that Rangers game. It's looking like that. He allowed two goals on seven shots. And then he came in relief again with Tristan Yari in the game up against Montreal. So he's had to mop up a couple of Yari's messes here. So I think it's going to be interesting to see who the Penguins go. Honestly, I'm kind of hoping for Tristan Yari. It kind of seems like he has the yips here. They're coming off back-to-back losses against the New York Rangers, and and they yeah. do not fare well against the Rangers at all. No. I know they beat them a couple weeks ago, but you go back to last year's playoffs, and they got that 3-1 lead, and, and the Rangers ripped off three straight wins to to finish that one off. So you look at uh, Pittsburgh here, they're going to be a pissed-off team, right? Three straight losses they're coming off of. They're going to, and including 
one against Montreal. Like you can't just take that sitting down right now. And I know we haven't been doing this because, well, uh, two fingers left on, on the paw isn't, uh, isn't very good, but I think it is worth it. This could be the last time we do this Pilsy, but oh, no. I think we got to pull up the standings. No, because like Pittsburgh's in that final wild card spot. That's a team they're playing tonight. And that's a team you're chasing. Let's do it. Let's do so it. I, I certainly think that this is, I don't want to be hyperbolic, but is this not the season if they lose? Like, like final nail. Like, th- this is both fingers if they lose tonight. P- pull up the standings. Here we go. So, if you're watching on YouTube, Ross makes a good point. This is a team in that final wild card spot. The Pittsburgh Penguins with 78 points. Your Ottawa Senators have 71 points. So, if this goes the Pittsburgh Penguin way and they get two points, regulation. You're looking at 80 points for the Penguins and 71. That's a nine-point spread with no games in hand. Like, Ross, I I think I'm with you. I think this could be a two-paw game if the Penguins beat them in regulation. Both of Mufasa's paws are off. He's falling down. Simba's yelling no. And uh, not the bison. They have a different name in Africa. But those those wild buffalo. Wildebeest. Wildebeest, thank you. The wildebeest are just boom stomping all over the send season so yeah I, i'm with you this is a two paw two uh fingers on the paw game for the ottawa senators and at the very least they need one point if they get one point it's just one paw off but this is tough this is tough here and nobody else wants it buffalo just lost seven nothing to boston yesterday <laughs> yeah oh my god they've had some big losses didn't they lose uh some other crazy uh, score a little while ago, and we were looking at that as a big game. Well, ever since Locked On Sabres put out that hate piece on Chris yeah. Neal, they've basically fallen off a cliff. So I'm not saying that the two are together, but I'm also not not saying it either. So Karma. you look at it; they're they're seven, eight, and two since that that video was posted. For what it's worth. Oh wait, no, sorry, it was actually the day after. So six, eight, and two. Yep. Six wins in 16 games since that, that video. Now, I'm not don't, saying... Don't come after our guy, number 25. Don't I'm not it. saying it's it's Sneaky Joe's fault, but again, not not saying it. Uh, yeah, they've had a 10-4 loss to Dallas is the one you're referring to last week. Yep, yep. Yeah, not great. But uh, look at this. Not great for the Ottawa Senators either. And this could be yeah. just young teams going through growing pains. I'm still super confident in the long-term direction of mm-hmm. the Ottawa Senators. I think a full year of Chickering will be great. Two more years is great yeah. on that is awesome. Now, uh, there's a lot of other storylines that we're going to get into, but right now, you look, Washington doesn't want to win games either. No. Washington's right there too. They they don't know what they're doing either. They they keep losing. So Florida's the one team where they've kind of gotten their act together. They look like they're on the up and up here, just one point back of Pittsburgh, mind you. But Ottawa plays Florida again mm-hmm. and again. They've got two more games against Florida, Pilsy. So that one, you more so control your own fate. I just hope that the games matter by the time they get to Florida. They've got five yeah. games until then. Uh, it's the fifth game from tonight against Florida. And I want I want the Kachuk battle to mean something. So let's get a win tonight if you're the Ottawa Senators. Give me a key to victory as we get out of here. A reminder, the postcast will be live right after tonight's game. Uh, my key to victory was pepper these goalies with shots. That's, that's where I was at for the Ottawa Senators just because – I think there's a lot of guys that get got to get out of slumps here to bring it. My locked on player is one of them specifically. So I really think if you're going to have success up against this Pittsburgh Penguins team, it's going to have to come in a flurry of shots. And uh, yeah, that's that's my main here, especially with how many injuries they have on defense. Ross, you should be able to get into those kind of high danger scoring opportunity spots a little bit easier since they have so many defensemen injured here. My uh, key to victory is. Get the penalty kill back to where it was. It's so funny. Like the the power okay. play, it's, it's actually not funny at all, but the power play went ice cold. And earlier this season, the Sens have been one of the best penalty killing teams all year. Well, the Sens have given up a power play goal in five straight games right now. Damn, I hadn't even really realized that. Wow. Yes. The last time they didn't give up a power play goal was against the Kraken, and they were only shorthanded once. But guess yeah. what? They gave up a shorthanded goal in that game. So, <laughs> I mean, is that even worse than getting scored on when you're shorthanded? Uh, yeah. Oh, man. So, there's that. I mean, they also went a perfect 5-for-5 five five on the PK in front of you against Chicago. But Yeah, wow, great. 
game sucked. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I think that that's that's my key to victory is you know how much talent that the Penguins have. You can't let them have too much time on the power play. So that's going to be my key to victory in tonight's game. One final note before we go uh, from 32 thoughts, Elliot Friedman, or should I say, say 32? Hmm. There's suspicion. This is a quote. That the highest bidder for ownership of the Senators so far is Nico Sparks. And I hope I'm pronouncing that right, especially if he does end up owning the Sens, uh, who may have come in as high as $925 million. Uh, Freeman also mentions he thinks they may be the only bid in the plus $900 million category. Now, it's a, it's a large group, apparently. Anyways, I don't want to get too bogged down in this. I just want us to report as things continue to progress. But the one thing is all these numbers are just out of nowhere. Now they're in the stage where financing starts and it's like, okay, yeah, you can throw out these numbers, but how serious is your financing? Do you need loans? Do you need this? Do you need that? One note though, for me and Mendez is he said, Gary Bettman is expected to be in Ottawa in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Gary Bettman is definitely kind of uh, gravitating towards the Sens as this is a big story off the ice in the NHL market. We know Gary Bettman is very favorable towards the owners. That's how he stuck around for so long. And he's going to want to make sure they pick the right guy. It's not all about dollars. There's more to it, obviously, when you're talking about a difference of... I think Ian said some of the bids were within 100 million of each other. That's going to that's gonna make a difference. I'm not saying that that won't matter. But there's more to it than just going to the higher bidder. As we've seen Gary Bettman shut down some pretty... Pretty big, rich guys when they just think they could come in and bully everyone here. Gary Bettman doesn't uh, take too kindly to that. So the wild card race may be slipping away, Ross, but the ownership race is just heating up. So that's my final thoughts of the ownership. You got anything to wrap up the show, Pills? Uh, let's let's uh, pop over to Belleville a little bit here because we talked a little bit about it. But uh, with that split of the weekend series up against the Cleveland Monsters, they now have 61 points, just one point behind Rochester. But... Three games in hand for Rochester, that's tough. And hopefully Mando can go down there. Uh, he's got a bit of uh, NHL experience under his belt now, and he's going to be the guy there. Although I think Bebo is finally back, right? Yeah, he played the game against Cleveland yesterday. It was an unfortunate loss. They, I actually watched this game in its entirety, but um, he played all right. The team did at the start, and then they couldn't convert on a five-on-three, and then it was all downhill from there. Yeah, if you can't get those five on threes, usually that's how it goes here. But yeah, now that they have their steady goaltending down in Belleville, and this is a big, big stretch, I think we're going to see some exciting times. And Ross, I know I said it last year, but if the Belleville Senators make it to a playoff game, I am attending that game 100%. Last year, I thought they were going to get more than one playoff game. We won't get into that, but I'm making it happen this year if it does. All right, we'll hold you to it. We'll hold everyone to being at the postcast tonight right after the Senators take on the Pittsburgh Penguins at 7 o'clock from PBG Paints Arena in downtown Pittsburgh. But for today, we say goodbye. Thanks again to Shawarma Palace and Farm to Fork. Go to Farm to Fork, $40 off. You kidding me? Use promo code SENS40. For Brandon Piller, I'm Ross Levitan. This has been the Locked On Senators Podcast, your team every day.